I'm Gabby Hi, I'm Emily Fennigan. Hi, it's Keith Bradshaw. Hi, this is Holly Evans. And I'm Ben Hook. In conjunction with Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation, this is Hooked on Sport. <laughs> Hi there, and thanks again for tuning in to Hooked on Sport. We've hit that famous number. Michael Jordan, Shane Warne, Buddy Franklin, Andrew McLeod. That's right, it's episode 23. And our conversation today is with Steve Newman. Steve is a sports leadership mentor who works with coaches and administrators at local sports clubs in South Australia to develop a one-club culture. In fact, one-club culture is the name of his business. Steve has seen firsthand the adjustments community clubs across the state have had to make during the shutdown and the key characteristics to give a sports club the best hope of success as we return to sport across the next few weeks. Steve Newman joins me next. Hi, I'm Patrick Walker, CEO of the Australian Sports Foundation, and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. Steve Newman, welcome to Hooked on Sport. Thank you, Ben. Uh, Really uh, grateful for the opportunity to come and speak to you today. Steve, as someone who's involved with uh, generating the culture of sports clubs, what's life been like the last couple of months when sports clubs haven't actually been getting out on the park? Certainly different uh, would be one way I'd describe it. I've really noticed the, um, the energy shift in our community sports clubs, and that has been one from... Uh, celebrating their communities daily to um, providing a lifeline out to their members and their um, players, coaches, support staff to ensure that there is that ongoing connection. So um, I know that people have been working some extreme hours and putting in some uh, extraordinary efforts to maintain their community clubs and as has happened at the professional level as well. Do you fear for the long-term survival and future of some clubs that maybe weren't quite as prepared for something like this as others? Look, I think there's um, some insights that we can gain not only from clubs but also businesses. You know, I think we could ask the same question from any small business in the community that there may be some small businesses that don't reopen post-COVID. Um, I think it's going to put a lot of strain on uh, our community clubs particularly. Look, I'm hopeful that the strategies that the, the leagues are putting in place to support our, our clubs are going to pay off in the long run. And uh, I think one of the things that bodes well is that for South Australian clubs, there's some um, a bit of a sense of urgency to get back out on the playing fields, which I think will um, provide some comfort to those in the community. You run the firm One Club Culture. Just explain a little bit about uh, how that involves itself within community sports clubs. It's been going for two, uh, since 2016 um, as a concept, and it's... Um, given me an opportunity just to put back into the community. I've been involved in community sport all of my life and uh, I've had my uh, stint as a player, coach, administrator, etc. But the work I'm doing with uh, community clubs is probably an extension of um, what I do in my professional career, which is uh, the head of people and culture at Credit Union SA. So essentially what I'm able to do in uh, community clubs is, um, and also I've, I've done some work at the sample level with the uh, the women's team at West Adelaide is to provide uh, an opportunity for clubs to have a conversation about culture and give them an opportunity also to invest in culture and values development 
so they can enhance their brand to ensure a, a fun, positive and successful environment for those people that gather at their club. One of the hashtags I notice you use is uh, living the values. How does a club go about the process of, I guess, establishing their values, uh, obviously with your help, but how does that process work? The most effective process is to consult with a wide range of stakeholders within a club. The process that has worked best for the clubs that I've worked uh, for is for us to have a conversation about uh, culture and the values that uh, are seen uh, from the leaders of a club. And then without sharing that information with other stakeholders, we then have um, other conversations with um, a different group of people. So the example I'll give you is that we'll start with the committee and the, the club president, etc. They'll talk about the values and the culture. Then we'll have a conversation with some of the members of the club, coaches, player representatives, parents, junior participants, and we'll ask them about how they see their culture in their club and what values they believe are important for the club to uphold in the future. And what I find striking is that there is synergy between the groups in most parts, but it does give an opportunity to have a conversation with some friction around people see things a little bit differently in a club depending on the, the role that they play. So from there, there's some agreement on what the culture needs to look like in the future, and that comes from learning from lessons from the past, and then creating a set of values that people are prepared, as you say, to live by every time they're around the club or connected with the club because we're always sending a message through our behaviour about what's important around here. And so that's really important to ensure that we've got um, all of our stakeholders on board. So that's the process I take them through. It may sound like a lengthy process, but uh, I've been in, uh, involved in clubs where they've spent a couple of workshops along those lines, and they've ended up with a, uh, a bit of a roadmap uh, for future discussions on values and the culture they want to build. The values, can they be fluid? Do they change from time to time? Absolutely. Um, I had some uh, reset conversations with uh, West Adelaide around the values that they had in year one uh, as a playing group. Did that still resonate with what they wanted to see as values in their following years? Because... Um, uh, you can bring different things into focus. Um, so uh, what might be important this year for a group may be around uh, setting standards and the values and the importance of holding up those standards in the future. And once they feel that they are embedded, they still reference them, but they then may need, they may wish to bring in another value um, that uh, they want to shine a light on. It might be that um, it's about personal growth or something similar and then they put some behaviours that they believe will um, help them achieve that personal growth in the future. Let's take a short break to hear from John Mannion at the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation. The present situation can increase our anxiety, which is completely normal and understandable to try and reduce some of this anxiety by practicing our breathing or deep muscle relaxation techniques, maybe some mindfulness or even dancing, singing or maybe even yoga. And now back to the show. Steve, I've got to ask you about one of your sessions. Let's maybe take the Contacts Netball Club as a good example. We've dealt with Leanne Eichler on this show previously. Most people would think that a value session is a lot of people sitting around maybe with uh, butcher's paper, big texter, writing out different words that they think resonates. But 
I notice that with your session with Contacts Netball Club, you've got a whole host of players lying on the ground in a circle surrounding what looks like a pie chart. Steve, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, it looks a bit strange to the uneducated, but um, yeah, I'll say that uh, with all due respect. Well, put me down as um, one of the uneducated, Steve. <laughs> I, I need a very, very clear explanation. Not a problem. Look, one of the things that I've been able to achieve professionally is to become accredited through human synergistics in uh, one of their uh, leadership models, which is a, a leadership styles indicator and that is the circumplex that you're seeing the players lying on and that is split up into 12 components and what it does is it gives a clear indicator of the sorts of thinking styles that will serve us well and the thinking styles that will hold us back. You would be um, familiar with the term above the line and below the line thinking or behaviour where above the line is what we're looking for and below the line is what we're trying to stay away from. And the circumplex with its different colours indicates where our thinking is helping us be more constructive and the um, below the line behaviours that come from our thinking are passive defensive or aggressive defensive styles which are really holding us back. So I was asking the players to think about what they would like to move towards as far as their thinking and behaviours and uh, what they wanted to um, stay away from and not see from each other. And so that, that gives people a really good indicator of, hey, um, what's important around here is some real blue thinking, which fitted in nicely for contacts being that they're up the blues. <laughs> and uh, what they wanted to keep away from was uh, red behaviours and thinking and red behaviours and um, thinking, and sorry, and green uh, behaviours and thinking, which will hold them back. So that's where that comes from. But uh, it's a great tool, and I know the players enjoyed seeing something different that they could take forward. Just on that, and I guess we'll go back into general terms now, what are some of the, uh, not values, but I guess behaviours, traits that you see from clubs that maybe stop them from succeeding? And I imagine there are going to be some people who are listening in and going, gee, actually, that's that's something that we have a real problem with. What are, what are the things that you identify that you think, wow, I know the difference between you and a premiership and that's this particular behaviour? I think one of the big ones that holds people back is having a tough conversation that accountable conversation where they say, I've just seen some behaviour from someone and that's not what we want to see around here, but I've decided to let that go. I'm going to look the other way. And I know Daniel Healy talked about that from leading teams when he referenced the quote about the standards we uh, look past are the ones that we, we accept. So I know that from a behaviour perspective, it's sometimes the action we're not taking uh, holds us back. So we would prefer to be liked by others in some cases. So therefore, giving someone some feedback about their behaviour may cause us to feel uncomfortable. And so therefore, we might might decide to avoid that conversation uh, rather than having having the tough conversation. So that's certainly one of them. Steve, as we're starting to head back towards sport, what are the, some of the things that you would recommend clubs action on, look at, assess, be mindful of to maybe get a bit of a jump on their uh, opposition? Look, I think the, um, uh, and I know this has been a focus for your show in regards to the personal cost of COVID-19. With the circumplex we were just talking about, it's split in two halves and one is a focus on tasks 
and the other half is a focus on people. And I know that a lot of the effort that's been put in at Clubland at the moment is around the task elements. What do we need to do now? How do we need to comply with the um, the changing landscape of the pandemic? I think one of the, the important things for us to do is to consider the personal cost of COVID. What is each individual who's returning to our club? What have they experienced? How can we support them? From a cultural perspective, that's going to give us the best chance of performing. That sense of supporting each other, coaching each other through hard times, showing that we're a team will help us move forward. The other part, and I know that we've seen a lot of change over the last few months where people are learning new technology, they're communicating in ways that they've never communicated before uh, through Skype, etc., or Zoom meetings, is that we need to continue to try new things. We've seen the benefits of it. We've knocked down barriers where we thought that there was only one way of doing things. And so having a flexible mindset and saying, you know, those things we've learned through the pandemic is that we can learn new things and adapt. That's a great mindset to take forward. And we know that the most successful coaches are the ones that adapt, try new things, not willing, not um, scared of making a mistake. Steve, a couple of new things I've learned today are the words synergistics and circumplex that I've written down and put big asterisks alongside. If there's a sports club out there that wants to develop their synergistics and lie around the circumplex, how do they get in contact with One Club Culture? You can find me on Facebook. Um, I've got an Instagram page. It's all under One Club Culture. Um, one of the things I am doing at the moment, because this is you know very much a, a part-time gig for me, I'm slowly building my website. And one of the the really nice things about how I'm doing that is that I'm engaging some people to build my web website who've uh, never been paid for their work before. So I've got a um, a young lad called Riley who has he's fresh out of school um, and he's um, aspiring to work in the social media landscape. So I'm giving him the opportunity to build my website, giving him his first paid gig. And similarly, I've got um, other people helping helping me with some photos and logo design as well. So that's where they can find me, Ben. Uh, just send me a message through either of those, those mediums. Um, I'd welcome the opportunity to talk to clubs, even if it's just to uh, provide some initial advice over the phone. Because I realise at the moment, connecting with clubs um, can be a little bit difficult face-to-face. So the likes of contacts and myself being keeping in contact online and over the phone just to make sure that they're still getting some support from me as uh, they work through the remainder of the uh, the pandemic challenges. Dealt with contacts, as you said, the West Adelaide Football Club women's team, Ordinga Sharks, Flinders Park Footy Club, the Western District Athletic Club, Table Tennis SA. Uh, so plenty of tremendous community sports clubs uh, and organisations all around the place that you're involved with, Steve. We really appreciate your insights and expertise here at Hooked on Sport today. Thank you, Ben. I really appreciate the opportunity and uh, I um, wish you all the success with your future podcast. Good on you, Steve. Thank you. Hi, I'm Bruce McAvaney and you're listening to Hooked on Sport. Thanks so much to Steve, whose sessions with clubs and athletes certainly add some new and in some cases unique concepts for athletes, coaches and administrators to consider, particularly as we're on the verge of getting back into action. So that is the last of the synergistics on episode 23. Thanks for listening.
As always, our gratitude to Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation with support from Business SA and SA Health. Hooked on Sport is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so feel free to shoot us a note and say hi. Thanks to Ben Watson, who wrote and recorded the musical intro to Hooked on Sport, and to the show's producers, Wallace Long and Desiree McMahon. See you all soon at Hooked on Sport. (laughs) 